Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. CTFM, this is Eyewitness News from number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. With me, Ni Lati Lati. This evening, I'm here with Eno Safo. In the next one hour and a half, former President John Dramani Mahama breaks silence on his no-show at National Independence Day celebrations since 2018. His reason? I'll stop going to the Independence Day because it's become a party jamboree. And any of them who came in, hey, hey. And I said, I don't want to be part of this party jamboree. Independence is a solemn national celebration. Today they bounce their supporters in. They have party flags. They are wearing party t-shirts. I don't want to be part of a party jamboree. Still on Eyewitness News, times are hard. President Ekufuado admits, but says Ghanaians are really lucky because they are not queuing for fear, food, and not experiencing doom so. We should also count our blessings in how together we are managing the difficulties. We all see the images around the world. Here in Ghana, we have not had any fuel queues. We have not suffered shortages of food and essential items or the catastrophe of Dumso. Also, that's sad news from Kentampo in the Bono East region as Gori Road crash claims the lives of 23 persons with dozens still battling for their lives. Later tonight, the fun is getting more intense on City TV's Heritage Caravan. The team is currently heading to Borga after touching base in Tamale. We catch up with the team for all the latest fan-packed action. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on these and other stories on Eyewitness News and in business. Local textile manufacturers call for strict inform- enforcement of tax stamps to rid markets of fake products. That will be in 15 minutes with Netele Netia Jahu for the top stories in the world of business. Eyewitness News is live across the country on Premier. 100.5 FM in Takradi Beach, 105.5 FM in Takradi and Sky Power. 93.5 FM also in Takradi, all in the Western region. In the Bono region, you are listening to us on Greener FM 95.9 in Sunyane, Hames Radio 106.5 FM in Gorso, in the Ahafu region. In the Asante region, welcome to Orange FM 107.9 in Kumasi, Akpini Radio 96.7 MHz in Pando and Heritage 107.3 FM in Hohoi, both in the Volta region. In the northern region, we are live on Dasuma 99.1 FM in Yendi Word FM, 88.3 in Zwarungu in the Upper East Region, Westlink 88.1 FM in Laura in the Upper West Region, and Eagle FM 94.1 in Walewale in the Northeast Region. The show is also live on Facebook on City 97.3 FM and also on YouTube on CityTube. Eyewitness News is interactive. Tell us what you make of the story. Share your views and thoughts via WhatsApp on 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Eyewitness News. 
is live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka here in Accra. My name is Ni Latte Latte here tonight with Enu Safo, who brings us our first story tonight. Former President John Dramani Mahama says government has politicized Independence Day celebration in the country. John Mahama says the celebration has become a party jamboree for the NPP and its supporters, speaking at the fifth anniversary dinner and awards night of the National Democratic Congress Professional Forum in Accra. John Mahama says he will continue to boycott the event since it has lost its national feel. I'll stop going to the Independence Day. Because it's become a party jamboree. I went to Tamale. They told GBC to take the camera off me. They bust their supporters in and filled the whole stadium. When I got into the stadium, the place was quiet. I went and sat. They gave me some corner somewhere and went and sat there. And they occupied the days. And many of them who came in, hey, hey. And I said, I don't want to be part of this party jamboree. Independence is a solemn national celebration. We used to celebrate it at the Independence Square, and everybody wanted to come. Could come. Today they bust their supporters in. They have party flags. They are wearing party T-shirts. I don't want to be part of a party jamboree. Nkrumah got us independence. I'm an Nkrumahist. I will attend an Independence Day any day if it's not hijacked by one party, because it should be a national day for all of us. So I'm not going to be in hold because I don't want to be part of an MPP jamboree. You watch what will happen. Bust their people in and occupy that whole place. Former President John Dramani Mahama there. Well, I want to bring in a, a representative of the Gavri New Patriotic Party, the party that this particular allegation has been leveled against and speak with uh, Richard Ahiagba. He is Director of Communications of the NPP. Let's go into the phone lines and get his reaction. Uh, good evening to you, Mr. Ahiagba, and thank you for joining us on Eyewitness News. This is the allegation the former President John Ramani Mahama has leveled against your party. He says that in 2018, when he attended the National Independence Day Parade in Tamale, he was made to sit in a certain corner and then when party members saw him, they sort of ridiculed him. I want to first find out from you if this indeed happened in Tamale. Well, thank you very much um, for the opportunity and uh, good evening to your listeners. Um, I, I don't recall uh, any such arrangement. The, the very last time, um, I think uh, I saw... Uh, the former president's appearance was scheduled to be at the national, I'm not sure if it's Tabale or somewhere else, that he didn't show up. Uh, his seat was was placed next to former president Kufo's seat. He wouldn't sit anywhere obscure. He would sit where the former president Kufo uh, would have sat. And so I'm not too sure. Uh, Tabale was 2019. Um, I don't have any evidence of that. Uh, he's not said it up until now. Uh, but what I can sum this up to be is that the former president is just finding all excuses to explain the way why he didn't show up uh, at the celebration today in the voter region and the previous ones that he failed to show up. It's most unfortunate because if you go to the voter region only to have a vote, just recently, you went there to launch your campaign. And then the people of Water Region haven't had opportunity in a series of regions hosting 
the, the independence anniversary. And he just left there a few days ago. He couldn't show up, if for nothing at all, for the people of the Volta region, whose chiefs and elders were assembled today to celebrate the efforts of the president to drive inclusive governance, to achieve inclusive uh, development, by making sure that the national celebration of 6 March moves from region to region, and now Volta region's turn. You only are interested in going to the Volta region for votes, but never interested in celebrating anything with the people of Volta region. I'm actually making this point to you because I'm from that region, and I see this uh, celebration this year in the Volta region as a unique opportunity to settle the running narrative where people say, oh, MPP doesn't like Volta region or the kind of things that go on, things to do with a chance where Volta Togo land and the rest of it. And one effective action of bringing all of Nas uh, Ghana's national celebration of its independence, including, okay, the anniversary being the demonstrating that this is effectively part of this country. So that those who are running with a narrative saying that somehow voting regime does not belong to Ghana, even though it's a preposterous assumption by some, goes further to affirm that for those who are in doubt, and you cannot celebrate to the people. This excuse for me, uh, with respect, you know, I, 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 I like former President uh, Mahama very much as a person, uh, but, but these excuses are becoming one too many. And this one, very flippant to say, with all respect, that uh, he was put in an obscure place, the party people ridiculed him. Why would anybody ridicule the former president? MPP were not unruly political party. Now, if, if MPP people attend national independence celebration, is that out of the norm? Is that why he will not attend? So should it be that, okay, so uh, in the unlikely events, NDC forms a government someday, and they are organizing their national uh, independence celebration, some people should not come? I mean, I, I find it very difficult. If you say you are not going to come, it's different. But these excuses are becoming one too many. I don't think that there's any justification for it. You can just say plain and simple that I do not want to be there. I don't want to come. It's, it's, it's right. You can choose not to come. But in the spirit of forging one country, in the interest of advancing oneness and ensuring that, yes, even though we are multiple uh, tribes and ethnic groups, we form a country and we are one indeed, bind together as a country, you cannot begin to... Um, create these things and, and, and try to make it appear as if somebody is chasing you away and trying to create a political division uh, amongst us to say that because NPP people are there, you are, not, you are not going to come? Then where is he going to go? I mean, is he going to possibly hoping to be president for only NDC people so that when he organizes national independence in the unlikely events and NDC, comes, NDC government comes in, he won't allow any body but NDC persons to come. Is that what the, the former president is saying? I think you should just take a break from these comments and, and just let it be if he's not going to be there, not be there. But I find it very unacceptable as a person from the Volta region uh, from whose backyard he just went in Cape South uh, the last time to go have a campaign event and not to show up in an occasion where we are happy as a people that we are hosting the country 
in the Volta region to celebrate Ghana's 66th uh, independence anniversary. I find it very unacceptable. Uh, and I think that with respect, the former president uh, should just leave it alone. These excuses don't help you. So is your point to suggest that the former president is actually breaking his silence because this year's event was taken to the Volta region and then he didn't attend and so he wants to find an excuse, as you say, to justify why he has always been absent from the event? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you go to the same people to say that, I mean, I remember listening on their campaign, you know, platform, he brought it to Volta region because Volta region supports or one of the biggest block that supports the NDC. But you can't celebrate with those people. The occasion for them to host the country, to celebrate the 66th anniversary of this country. I find it very ironic. And the excuses, I think, uh, he's given, you should find a better excuse. This idea that he was put obscure place in Tamale. Tamale was 2019, many years ago. All right? Did he complain that he was put in an obscure position? Did he make a formal complaint to which we would say that, yes, he did, and therefore people should have done something different. And if, when he, if he had done any complaint about that, there would have been a response. And if that response was not favorable, then he has a basis to say so. But it's referred to 2019, and we're in 2023, for God's sake. And you just decide to abandon the people of the Volta region, where you're going to get a bulk of your vote from, at least from other places, but you are relying on that place to give you vote. And on a moment where we are celebrating, the privilege and the very unique decision to go around this country. And I want all other regions to host it because it brings a little bit of, you know, a little bit of us coming together, understanding and learning. And it actually helps build a local economy as well, if you want to include that. But, but the occasion for us, us to bond together as a people, set aside politics for one day and then come together under the national color and say, we are Ghanaians. That occasion the former president listed today and to explain it away with these uh, very, uh, um, with respect, very uh, flimsy excuse of him being put in a corner somewhere in 2019, which he didn't complain about, I find it very objectionable. I don't think that he's he, he taking that seriously, especially as someone from the Volta region. I, I don't take it. I take a little bit of offense to that. Well, in that 2019 celebration that you reference, you say that the former president was given a seat that was close to former president uh, John Ajekum Kufo, and then John Ramani Mahama decided to sit at that obscure place you mentioned. Wasn't there any deliberate attempt to move him from that uh, obscure position to the seat that was given him on the days? Wasn't that done? No, no, I, I didn't say that he was supposed to sit with former president. I was just saying that if he was invited, he would have been given a VIP place to sit. So is right? that to say so he wasn't had, invited then, at all? No, no, just please follow me. I said that a 2019 event in Tamale, I don't recall where he sat, so much that to say that it was an obscure position. But I was just trying to draw an inference for you to say that a VIP in his standing will not be put in an obscure place. I don't remember a day where a former president is invited and put in an obscure place. But be that, be that as may, if he was put in an obscure position, but I don't recall, if he's put in an obscure position where he felt that party people who are Ghanaians, I don't know why he was able to distinguish that they were party people, but if he felt that some people were unruly toward him, did he make any complaint about that? As a former president, he deserves 
all the, uh, the, the protocol that must go with his office. So if something went wrong, which I don't know it did, I would bet on any day say that it didn't, but just give him the benefit of the doubt. If that happened, did he make any complaint about it? We didn't hear him say anything about that. We didn't hear him say anything about that. So I'm saying that if that had happened, then he should have complained about it. But that cannot be a basis where you actually abandon the celebration of national independence. Because you know what, what we do on 6 March every year is to reenact, to go into history and see the mindset in which our forebears actually assumed the fight to liberate us from the control of their colonial masters. So it is a reenactment, re reorientation of the country to say that let's take on a new lead. We take on an anniversary. You know, like how every new year you, you make a resolution, we are going to do ABCD. That's what this represents for us. So to have that and the, a former leader of the country excludes himself, for me, it's a big deal. I don't know uh, what will go through my mind as a former president if I stayed away from that because that is the one moment that is granted as nationhood. When we are here today, whatever party we belong to, we are here because of that singular occurrence in our history and we are a country today. That celebration should be a big deal for a person. If you miss it, these excuses cannot suffice. And uh, there cannot be that you are put in some obscure position. Mm. And so the former president has protocol. He has officers in, in, in his office who would have accompanied him and the protocol of the day. So his people would have spoken about this. We have not heard anything about this until today. I, for one, have not heard that he was put in a difficult situation. No. So the, I was telling you earlier that the last time I saw he didn't show up. Actually, today um, I saw the picture circulating on social media where he speaks was next to former President before his name was labeled on it, but he didn't show up. I don't think that they will put President Kufour in an obscure place, and they will put him and President Kufour in an obscure place, from what I saw. So this is just an excuse for abandoning the people of the Porter region, and so therefore he's finding an excuse to say that was the reason why he left. Uh, he didn't show up. He left the Porter region about a couple of days ago, and he didn't show up. And he's just finding this to, to be an excuse. I think the former president uh, should do better. Um, and then and, and, and maybe subsequently just attend. Because this thing will take away from you. I have the view that there is a way you can actually support a government in power and take credit for it. Go there. Let the Ghanaian people see that solidarity. That is good for the peace of our country. It's good for the united image that we must project to the world. That, yes, we have our political discussions we'll have in-house. But we are guardians, first of all. That yeah. is essential. Yeah. And if after you give a speech that you love this country dearly, in the voter region, you vote from the region and don't attend okay. the 60th you mentioned yeah. that there was a point you realized that the former president was invited but he didn't attend but quickly that wasn't even his only point you also mentioned that uh, the whole event has been uh, made political and uh, we see that a lot of party folks are buzzed into the various centers as and as a result as he plainly stated that has been made a party jamboree but even aside from that i just want to find out from you if you can confirm to us if the former president john ramani mahama was invited for this year's event which took place in Ho a while ago um i cannot say or Confirm absolutely, but then 
there will be no world in which I can imagine that him, uh, him as a former president would not be invited. Uh, if he wasn't invited, he would have said it in his comment that he wasn't invited, and so he didn't attend. And because he did not deny it, it means that he was invited, he just chose not to attend. Um, I mean, his, his, uh, his spokespersons may be listening. If they, they were invited or not, they can confirm that for us. But I cannot possibly imagine a world in which we have a national uh, celebration of our independence and the former president will not be invited. Uh, but the point of, you know, making it a party jamboree, I don't really know what the former president is talking about. It's Ghanaians. Ghanaians, we're celebrating. So it is that so when we're celebrating a national independence day, uh, nobody should come, and the people who come, they are party people. I mean, that's, uh, like I'm saying, that that's really just uh, the former president pushing the envelope too hard to fire an excuse. You can't find All any right. legitimate excuse. And then this one is just uh, one of those that was available in the speaking. It just doesn't support and make his case stronger. I think he can do better. All right. We are grateful. That's Richard Ahangba. He is Director of Communications for the Gavni New Patriotic Party. Let me go on to the other phone lines and, and bring in Felix Ofosu Kwachi. He is aide to former President John Damani Mahama. Mr. Kwachi, good evening to you and thank you for joining us on Eyewitness News. I'm pretty much aware that you've listened to the explanation Richard Ahangba has given. In fact, he says that all these things that the former president is saying is just to find a flimsy excuse not to attend any of the national events. Well, Richard can say whatever he wants. He belongs to the group that has contrived to collapse our country. Um, there is pretty much very little to celebrate about a 66-year-old country that is totally bankrupt. That is, in fact, expropriating monies lent to it by its own citizens. Now, when a country goes so bankrupt that its government refuses to pay its own citizens who depend on the interest and principal payment from bonds that you have given to it, then you know that there is very little or nothing to celebrate. So what the former president said was self-explanatory. He was lucid and he was clear as crystal. Apart from the fact that there is nothing to celebrate, President Kufuado lives in the delusional bubble that he believes that somehow there is something to celebrate. We should sing Kumbaya. We should count our blessings and praise God and be happy, make merry, eat, drink, and feast, and dance, and beat drums because he has collapsed our economy and destroyed our country. We in the NDC will not be part of such a shameful display of lack of judgment on the part of the president. So if the president and his MPP believe that the most important thing at this point of our country's history, where Ghanaians are struggling to make ends meet, where people are struggling to ascertain where the next meal will come from, where people cannot afford the cost of living, where parents are struggling to pay for the items on Prospecti that run into over 5,000 Ghana cities per child, so that the awards can go to secondary school. At a time when old men and women who have served this country for years and have gone on retirement have to demonstrate against a debt exchange program that threatens their very survival and livelihood. That is up to him. And we in the NDC will not be part of it. In any event, the former president is not interested in attending a party jamboree. What President Kufuado and Richard Ahiaba like to describe 
as Independence Day celebration is nothing more than a glorified MPP rally with soldiers and security personnel in attendance. And the former president does not believe that that atmosphere bodes well for a national celebration of this magnitude. What you find is that the president and his government and his party continue to display shocking levels of pettiness and excessive partisanship so that you don't know how to draw a distinction between a national celebration and an MPP rally. And I heard Richard go on and on and on about how President Mama wanted to avoid the Volta region. Only a few days ago, President Mama launched his campaign in the Volta region. So he has enormous respect for the people of the Volta region. That is a region that forms the bulwark of the NDC's electoral success. So the former president is not about to disrespect that region. But that region cannot be used as an excuse to gloss over important national matters that should seize and engage the attention of the president, his government, and his party. You would have thought that after all the difficulties that we have, the president will see the complaints and suggestions of Ghanaians. He has turned a blind eye. The simple, basic things that he has to do to get this country running again and to get us out of the mess that he has superintended, he is refusing to do. Yes, Richard Ayaba is waxing lyrical about patriotism and why there is a need to celebrate. Who wants to celebrate with a government that has no compunction overseeing the gunning down of eight of its own citizens because elections are being held? Who wants to be part of celebrations being held by a government that has no difficulty putting MPP terrorists in uniforms, arming them to attack its own citizens because there's a by-election and that's worse for How can a government that has crumbled our economy, systematically demolished the prospects of our economy in the manner that President Akufuado, Alaji Baumia, and Tenuprata have done, ever expect Ghanaians to be enthused about a celebration like this at a time when they are not even sure what they are going to eat this evening? So please, the MPP can continue to stay in their delusional bubble and believe that all is well and kosher. Indeed, only a few weeks ago, the finance minister was in parliament asking the people of Ghana to rejoice in the Lord after collapsing the economy. Today, he's cousin the president says we should count our blessing. But we look all around us, and instead of a blessing, we see a curse that is called the Akufuado Bamiyan government. But well, the blessing, the blessing the president is talking about, actually, Felix, if you can indulge me a bit, he said that at least. Ghanaians are not queuing for fuel, they are not queuing for food, and they are not even experiencing erratic power supply, otherwise known as doom. So, so despite the many challenges that have confronted the country, Ghanaians should be grateful because... So we should be grateful because we pay almost seven times what we paid only six years ago for fuel. We should be grateful because now we pay 13 cities per liter for fuel. Why we used to pay just above three cities six years ago before President Kofado became president. And this is the, the sort of delusional bubble that the president has buried his head in that I'm referring to. How can any president look in the eyes of his own people and tell them that we should be enthused? Simply because we can go to the fuel station and find fuel. Why? Don't you buy the fuel that we, we find at the fuel station? Or that the president give it to us for free? And if he looks at the cost at which we buy this fuel, is there something to applaud himself over? And then he speaks about doing so. Why? What has he done to resolve himself? Indeed, given how symbolic he has been, I dare say that if he had ever inherited himself, 
there's no way we'll we'll be out of it by now. He is just fortunate that his predecessor, who, unlike him, takes responsibility for national problems, took responsibility for doing so, and did what had to be done to resolve the crisis. Doing so was resolved one whole year before, for example, Father set foot in in the Jubilee House. So he must respect the sensibilities of the people of Ghana, whose livelihoods he has destroyed with hopeless incompetence, and stop repeating the pedestrian propaganda of his party. They must refrain from creating the impression that they are, they are doing us a favor, simply because private individuals can import fuel and come and sell it to us. In any event, what is the role of government in the position of fuel? It is not BDCs, bulk distribution companies, which are private entities and profit-oriented, who mobilize capital, go and buy this fuel and come and sell it to us. So on what basis must the president be applauded for this? What is his role in it? Re- recently, they've been making noise about some gold for oil deal, which has had absolutely no impact on the price of fuel at the pump. In any event, is it not his family and friends who are profiting from the electricity subsector? Have they not formed companies overnight that are being paid hundreds of millions of Ghana cities because there's a blanket order that only those companies should import fuel to fire our thermal plants? So indeed, rather than applaud him, we should be condemning him for creating conditions for his family and friends to profit from the high levels of electricity rates that people are paying. So we are in no mood to entertain pedestrian propaganda on the part of the president or any of his postpersons. Indeed, instead of a national celebration, we should have sat in ashes and worn sackcloth and mourned. What we are experiencing now is, is worth 40 days of national mourning, not celebration. Indeed, in other countries, they have driven out their president out of anger. But he is fortunate to have people who are forbearing and are patient and have not vented their spleen on him. Rather than take a cue of this and act as a leader should be acting, he has buried his head in the sand like an ostrich and is pretending that all is well and is calling on us to count blessings when all we see around us is a case. Mm. But he also says that, in fact, he's been able to manage the economic quagmire much better and that Ghanaians should be expecting some reprieve soon. Where do you stand in this reiteration of his... Now, what is the president his, talking mm. about? What is the president talking about? How can a president tell us that he has managed his economy well? Which economy that is managed well leads to bankruptcy? My brother, as we speak, we are bankrupt. In fact, only last week it emerged that we failed to pay interest of $34 million to some external uh, creditors. And because of that, we have had to, they have had to draw on some insurance premium that was put in place to mitigate a happening like this. We are, we are at a juncture where we have hyperinflation. Inflation is about 53%. Interest rates are about 45%. The city has lost over 20% of its value since the beginning of this year alone. In the first 10 months of last year, it lost 54%. It has moved from six cities in January 2022 to 14 cities as I speak to you. How can any leader who supervises this catastrophic collapse of an economy tell us that he is managing it well? Indeed, how has he managed it? Is it not the case that he has expropriated 82 billion Ghana cities of money that Ghanaians have lent to him and his government in the expectation that they will pay back with interest? If you take 82 billion Ghana cities from old men and women and individuals, you do not mount platforms and tell us that you've managed the economy well. He and his team have been the worst government this country has seen. They have completely destroyed the Ghanaian economy. 
And in the wake of that, they have thrust Ghanaians into the most excruciating hardships in the history of this country. That, like I said, he should be wearing sackcloth and sitting in ash and crying and mourning and asking for forgiveness. Not mounting podiums to rub salt in an injury, but making claims that are completely at variance with the facts on the ground. Hmm. All right, we want to leave it here. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak to us, Felix Ofosu Kwache. Is aide to former president John Ramani Mahamare acting to uh, the, for, uh, the president John the president Nanado Dankwe Kufuado at this year's Independence Day celebration and what Richard Ahiagba, director of communication for the New Patriotic Party, has also been explaining as far as the issue of John Ramani Mahama breaking his silence on his no show at the National Independence Day celebration since 2018 is concerned. This is still Eyewitness News. Inu has more stories. The Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagman, has called on Ghanaians to ignore tribal differences and work together for a prosperous nation as the country marks 66 years of independence. The Speaker made the call when he commiserated with a former Speaker, Professor Michael Quay, who's has lost his wife. 88-year-old major retired Alberta Okwe died on Saturday morning after battling illness for a while. Speaker Albin Bagbin in the company of former speakers Edward Do Ajaho and Justice Bamforado and the minority leader called for unity amongst Guineans while he promised parliament support to the Okwe family. Together, not more, I would think celebrate the life of our dear one. This is not the time to be mourning. I think this is the time for us to celebrate the lives of people so that the young ones can emulate from their lives. As we said, the background, her background, and how it came that you had in touch with her, you married, and here you have your products. And that is why I keep on asking when people say, citizen or tribe what are we talking about now in ghana we are one and the same people and when something happens to one it has happened to you too let's continue as we celebrated the city safe anniversary today to live together in one accord in harmony with one commitment to develop the only place we have which is ghana and so once again i assure you the members of parliament, the staff of parliament, and the institution itself. And as we said, our seniors who are here will be with you. Well, if you were second deputy speaker and you came speaker, I was also second deputy speaker and I'm also speaker. <laughs> so here we are together. Yes. And so you can be assured that I will be with you throughout. Speaker of Parliament Alban Bagman there. Now, policy think tank Humani Africa has asked government to use the 66th independence anniversary to reflect on its handling of the economy. The policy think tank believes a sober reflection may lead handlers of the economy, correct mistakes of the past, and help chart a new path for the country. Speaking to City News, President of Imani Africa, Franklin Kuja, says government must focus on building a robust economy anchored on a reformed public sector. Well, ordinarily, uh, given the theme of this year's uh, celebration, which is our uh, unity, our strength, and our purpose, um, 
obviously it would mean that if there was something more challenging that we are facing with us in the case of uh, the health of babies or the lack of vaccines for babies, then presumably, yes, it makes sense to say that, well, maybe cut back on the excessive celebration and then use that to purchase uh, this critically needed vaccine. Uh, but I want to talk about something much more, if you like, uh, uplifting. And that is the fact that we have been faced with, that we've imposed on ourselves, uh, and our managers are partly to blame, uh, a very, you know, uh, I mean, an economy that obviously is not delivering the needed results. And I thought that we would, we would rather dedicate this year, being the sister seat of our anniversary, to to relieving, if you like, the values or the, the, the morals of a good society. And, and, and a good society here would mean um, the uh, enterprising, liberating the entrepreneurial energies of every Ghanaian. Uh, that, that, that can help build the country productively. I would have thought that we, were, we should be much more interested in you know, moving away from the dependence of the so-called uh, few commodities and then try to build an economy away from even industrialization and manufacturing to truly build the overall national capacity. That capacity must be anchored on the strength and, if you like, a very reformist public sector that can deliver. So, um, yes, we are sisters today and there's a lot to be grateful for. But if we are to define our purpose as part of a theme for this year, I would think that our purpose should be much more um, serious and uh, focused than, than, than we are currently uh, perceiving. Franklin Kujo is president of Imani Africa. This is still Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM coming to you live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Lube in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Neil Latilati here with Enu Safo. Still to come, we bring you that sad story from Kentampo in the Bono East region as a gory road crash claims the lives of 23 persons with dozens still battling for their lives. If you stay with us, we hear from authorities on what they know so far. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let's now take you to the Bono East region, Eno, you know, because there was a sad development there yesterday. Tell us more. Indeed, uh, 23 people are reported dead in a gory accident at Kintampo in the Bono East region. The accident, which happened on Sunday, involved a Yendi Kumase-bound bus and an articulated truck. 24 persons sustained various degrees of injuries and are receiving treatment at the Kintampo Government Hospital. Let's get more reaction from the MC for Kintampo North, Isaac Bafo Ameya, who joins us on the line. Mr. Ameya, good evening to you and thank you for joining us on Eyewitness News. Uh, in the afternoon, you spoke to us and then you indicated that the death toll has actually risen to 23 because one more person has died. 24 others are receiving treatment. As we speak now, what can you tell us in terms of the latest development? Thank you, my brother. Uh, the situation in Kintampo here, as of now, uh, the 
those one in critical conditions, we are able to uh, send Paul to Tamale Teaching Hospital and left with only four here, and their condition is very good. Those have also been treated, have been discharged to their various towns. Those have also been sent to Tamale and Yendi. The day two still stood at 23, and we have able to identify 14 of the dead bodies. So the fortunate news is that uh, the death toll remains 23 and then some yeah, of the critically injured persons have been transferred to the Tamale Teaching Hospital. Well, the incident happened uh, yesterday on the Yendi Kumasi bound road. About, from your outfit as a municipality, what have you gathered generally in terms of this particular road crash? Yes, uh, this one in particular... Uh, I will put the blame on the spare parked car uh, on the roadside and which uh, the trailer wanted to overtake. And doing so, it crashed with the incoming uh, bus from Yendi. What I will observe and tell the uh, general public is that those cars, if you are trucked and your car got spurred, make sure that you put the warning sign so that the incoming car were able to see on their feet. Because the accident happened right where the poor car was parked. That's the reason why the accident even occurred. Because this one wanted to overtake the car, take his side. Then it crashed with the one from the Yendi coming, with the passengers of about 52 people inside the car. And at the spot, 22 got uh, died at the spot. And the 25 was transferred to Kintampo Municipal Hospital. And as I'm speaking to you now, four have been transferred to Tamale City Hospital, and the other four is receiving treatment. And the 14, too, we are able to identify the dead bodies, 14. Has a driver or even owner of this stationary vehicle you laid a blame on for this particular road crash been identified yet? No, the driver was not available. At the time the incident happened, but the car is still parked there. So we have asked the MTTD to make sure that the car will be a tow from the place. But you mentioned that 14 of the deceased persons have been identified. Is it that family members have mm-hmm. come in uh, to identify the body? W- w- what can you share with us? Yes, uh, around 12.30, the family from EMDK and identified out of the 22 dead bodies. And they are making preparation to uh, send them to EMD. So for those who were also transferred to the Tamale Teaching Hospital, have you received updates on their condition yet? Yes, because early in the morning, we were struggling to get a bed for them. Because we called Kumase and we were told that there's no bed for them. We even called Tambale and there was no bed. So later it was the regional minister from uh, Northern Region who came in and asked us that he would talk to the Tambale uh, City Hospital so that they can get a place for these people. And likely enough, he called back again that they said that we should then bring them. So the, uh, the ambulance, three ambulance, within this, 
family. As I'm speaking to you, they are still there uh, receiving treatment. But you also mentioned that uh, the municipal authorities are on a manhunt for the driver of this stationary uh, vehicle. But are there plans to also tow the vehicle in order not to, uh, you know, cause any further road crashes? Yes, that's what I was told by the entity commander, that they have to remove the car there. It is parked on the roadside, uh, but the driver was not there at the moment when the incident happened. So they were waiting for the driver. They were trying to get the driver, but there was nowhere to be found. And later on, uh, a village, there's a close village there. Uh, one guy told uh, the MTT commander that he saw the driver also boarding a car to the next village. So they will go and look for him. They get him, they will come and take the car from where he's parked. Even in the, this morning, around 8.37, this, another car even got accident. But there was a minor injury, and they have moved to Kumasi. They decided to go to Kumasi for treatment. The same spot. Interesting. Uh, Mr. Amaya, has uh, the municipal assembly or music met over this particular subject matter? And in fact, have you also engaged uh, the member of parliament for the area and also the regional minister? If you have. What has been the level of engagement? Yes, the regional minister came there at dawn. Around 5.30, he was with me at the incident place. Uh, we went there with the MDP commander, the divisional commander, and the fire commander here. And we moved to the hospital where we have the patient. So he talked to them. From there, we moved to the morgue, the mortuary. And he saw the dead body. So he even called the mortuary that he should make sure that he, we can even identify the dead body. The mortuary was using their clues, clues for the identification, so that when you come, you can even identify that because of the deep clues that the person were before coming from home, then you can even identify. So he didn't even remove the from the dead body. So that's what the regional minister also came into. But he was lamenting about how this wood incident is happening in the Kintampo. This is the third one. The first one, about 60-something people perished. The second one was about 20-something. And this one today, we are talking about 23 people lost their lives at the Kintampo hospital facility because we don't have the accident center. We lack some of the equipment. At least, at least the money will not even lose the, the, the 23rd person. Maybe we can even see his life. When he was talking and lamenting that the Minister for Health will come to the aid of Kintampo so that we can get a became accident center for the Kintampo Municipal Hospital. In case such things happen again, we can solve it. But, but generally, what arrangement have you been uh, having with family members who have come in to identify their, their deceased relatives? We just comfort them. And uh, family, so we have also uh, organized a minibus for those who have been discharged so that to send them to their various destinations. 
Yendi and Tambali. All right, uh, let's leave it here. Isaac Bafo Ameyao is Municipal Chief Executive for Kintampo North and bringing us the latest developments on that gory accident that happened at Kintampo in the Bono East region. 23 persons have died, others have received or have sustained varied degrees of injuries and also two others are in critical condition and have been transferred to the Tamale Teaching Hospital. So that's the update to the MC is giving us but away from that story that sad one actually let's now catch up with the heritage caravan because they are on their way to borga in the upper east region our man with the team is fred duho he joins us on the line uh, well fred it's been a long journey from the ashanti region to the upper east region exactly where are you now and what can you tell us hello fred uh, since the apologies that I do not think we have Fred Duho on the line, we try to establish contact with him. But Fred Duho is our colleague with the Heritage Caravan team, and they are heading towards Borga in the Upper East region. It's day three of the Heritage Caravan, actually. As you may be aware, they took off from Accra on Saturday. They've been to the Volta region, they've been to the Eastern region, they've been to the Ashanti region, and then they have made a stop to at the northern region and currently as we speak they are on their way to borga in the upper east region as you know let's now listen to some of the patrons who have been sharing actually their excitement as far as the caravan is concerned in fact um from kumasi to Samali is very far you know it's been a long sitting but very exciting because you can see a lot of change in the environment changing weather temperature you know, dry and all that, but it's, it's, it's a mixture of, you know, anxiety and fun, you know. <laughs> Have you eaten any local dish so far? Yeah, I took uh, a preparation at Kumasi, which, which was very nice. <laughs> yeah. That's nice to hear. Uh, let's speak to some patrons here. I think there is a foreigner also among us, probably uh, an expert uh, who is among us. I will speak to him shortly, but before then, let's speak to uh, our dear sister. Your full name? Christiana Jokwe. How is the trip going? Oh, very fantastic. I'm enjoying myself very well. Your assessment of things so far? Everything is cool. I like everything. What actually stood out for you in the three, been in the third day so far? What actually uh, stand out for you? Well, the first day, well, it wasn't easy. I did, I'm a jope. Walking down and coming back, I nearly collapsed, but it was fun. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So you are hearing some of them. I want to speak to. Uh, my dad here. Welcome to City News. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Are you a resident in Ghana? Um, yes, I'm a resident in Ghana for the past 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, and have you come to this side of the country before? No, no, no. The furthest I've been is Cape Coast. So, so I've never been further up north. Mm. Coming this far, mm -hmm. how will you describe the feeling? Oh, it's great. It's great to be here. Um, especially in Tamale. I've heard a lot about Tamale, um, but exceptionally hot. That's the only issue. But I, I think Tamale is good. It's good, yeah. What food in Tamale would you love to taste? Oh, TZ. TZ is the way to go. TZ, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, those were some caravanites of the 2023 edition of City TV and City FM's Heritage Caravan in that interaction 
with City News' Fred Duho, who joins us hopefully on the line again. Well, Fred, I wonder if you have been to Borga yet. Me, we are anxiously waiting to get to Borga, but uh, from Google Map uh, analysis, we should Borga in the next 40 minutes. So we are still on the way um, as we speak. We left Wale Wale some few minutes ago. So I know you moved from the Ashanti region all the way to Borga, but you made a stop in Tamale. At Tamale, what really happened? It's been a very long day. Uh, we started off from the Ashanti region, which is Kumasi, uh, to be precise, from um, 6 a.m. And we've been on this journey for a long while. Intermittently, we stop and people uh, would stretch themselves. Then we get on board the bus again and then carry on. So we did about nine hours to Tamale, where we actually stretched a bit. We waited and... As we speak, the military arrangements or in terms of security arrangement that was put in place, they are escorting us to um, um, Borgatanga as we speak. So uh, we actually anticipated to have lunch and other things at Tamale, but uh, those couldn't really happen due to one or two challenges. But uh, the Carbonites, as we call them, or patrons of this year's um, Heritage Caravan, are anxiously waiting, patiently waiting uh, to get to Borgatanga uh, just to uh, quickly uh, refresh themselves and then uh, we carry on with the evening's activities. We understand there is going to be some cultural dance and performance for the patrons. So we are just on our way and um, the enthusiasm that we started with uh, it normally goes down from time to time. You would see people come up again with jama songs, playing music in the buses, and people dance to it, and they entertain uh, the patrons from time to time. We have food on board, we have drinks, and I would say generally everything is so smoothly. I would also add the ugly all would come to play in this scenario. So it all adds to the experience we are all trying to have on this road trip. Don't forget, it's um, seven days, um, 14 regions road trip. Uh, I can't say this without uh, mentioning our sponsors. Uh, the very first day um, we started, the Ebony, Ebony Condom was actually uh, the main uh, day was dedicated to Ebony Condom Day sponsored Kwampa Band to Royal Senshi, where they came to entertain. My reason may not be as vivid as those who are experiencing being our patrons on the bus. Probably they should share their experience with us, and uh, they will probably get the understanding from as to whether they are satisfied with My name is David Teta, Miyabe. What has been your experience from day one to today now? Okay, first and foremost, which organizes uh, the 66th anniversary uh, of our independence. And in my language, we say, Afi, 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 I have never been now. Afi, I've been in a heritage caravan, if it's better. So, as you already said, Kwampa was very, very good. Yesterday, we had a pool party at Noda. And uh, I think we've also shared a lot of experiences among ourselves. Uh, if you have a group of people who go 
uh, take this trip, they know that uh, they are serious with entertainment, they're having fun. So this side of the bus in bus two, we call it the Zongo Caucus. And uh, with, 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 the, with the Zongo Caucus, I have servers here who are very, very good. Mate, mate is there serving out drinks and things. I'm Mr. O'Toole from Toronto. You know, I would have said Toronto, but he corrected me, said Toronto. So those of you listening to me, would have been to Toronto. On, on this bus, Zongo bus to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Mate, are you around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the, the story has been a very long travel. We are here to get to our destination. How would you describe the journey from Kumasi? Uh, we are here to get to our destination, so I wouldn't say we've got it to Bogatanga, but how would you? A lot of times, those of us in Accra, we think the roads are very, very bad up here. So you could see the shock when you see that up here, the roads too are good. But my challenge was the restrooms. I believe that Coral is here, NLA is here with us. Yes, Ghana Tourism Authority. I think uh, they could make it upon themselves or take it upon themselves to make sure that there are good uh, restrooms for tourists to tour the country. Uh, like what we are doing. Because uh, Bush Ridge uh, is so good for everybody. But uh, it's a Ghanaian thing. But we need, we need better restaurants. Well, so we have managed to take you to at least some uh, private facilities along the stretch, in as much as they may not be in the, uh, the best of conditions. But uh, like you noted in your submission, uh, rest stops by the Ghana Tourism Authority or major stakeholders is quite crucial at this juncture. Well, let me speak to another um, patron. Welcome to City News. Oh, thank you. Your full name, sir? My full name is Emmanuel Otu. Uh, describe your experience for us. Um, so far, it's been pretty good. We've enjoyed ourselves from day one. Um, and uh, we've entertained ourselves very well. We've been served and uh, it's been a very beautiful trip. A few things like my other colleague here said, it's just a bathroom issue. And um, also, um, you know, when you, for the ladies mostly, because in Ghana for the men it's quite easy, but when it gets to the ladies it's quite difficult. And I know they're doing their best to make us happy. We've been quite enjoyable with this trip. Um, we have a lot of friends that also want to come down here for the tourists that we're doing. So we hope you know, they will have a little bit more improvement on those things. Yeah. Thank you very much. Now, we are looking forward to tomorrow. Probably this evening we may be sleeping late again, mm. but uh, before then, let's uh, gauge the anticipation for what uh, people would expect. Well, well to look do, we don't want to unpack everything now. Tomorrow we will definitely come back to you for you to tell us more as far as the heritage caravan is concerned, but that's All my right, colleague. So we can wrap it up with this. Well, so that's it. If you indeed miss Heri Heritage Caravan, then you miss an experience of a lifetime. But that's it uh, for today's. That's it from uh, Borga, where Fred Duho is actually giving us more as far as the Heritage Caravan is concerned. We return with business. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. 
Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajaho. Let's settle for the details now. The textile industry players in the country are calling on government to fully enforce the Ghana Textile Stamp Program to rid the market of counterfeits and protect local businesses. The program was launched last year through a collaboration between the Ministry of Trade and Industry and the Ghana Revenue Authority. It's required that dealers in textiles affix stamps to their products to certify the legitimacy of the textiles produced and imported and retailed into the country. Speaking to City Business News Managing Director of Textiles Ghana Limited, Fatu Matadoro, believes that implementation of the policy would help eliminate unfair competition for indigenous businesses. Moving on, the Bank of Ghana is urging stakeholders within the financial sector to come up with innovative strategies to ensure the sector thrives despite the current macroeconomic situation the country is facing. Earlier this year, the central bank noted that the banking industry had begun to show signs of strains as a result of the current conditions as the sector's prof- profitability declined. Head of the Bank of Ghana's Resolution Office, Elliot Edu Amwaku, notes that, despite the introduction of some reliefs, including the establishment of the 15 million Ghana Stability Fund, to ensure financial institutions in the country are stable, the central bank will not hesitate to rely on the expertise of licensed insolvency practitioners if the need arises. It is also encouraging to note that the Registrar of Companies, after the passage of Act 1015, was mandated to license insolvency practitioners, thereby creating a pool of experts to be readily available to deal with matters relating to business restructuring and corporate insolvency. I must emphasize that though the resolution of banks and SDIs falls directly under the special resolution regime prescribed by the Banks and SDIs Act 930, the Bank of Ghana would without hesitation, rely on licensed professionals under GARIA in any future resolution episodes. The need for insolvency practitioners is more pressing for Ghana because of two key factors. First, at the start of the banking sector cleanup in 2017, the bank faced a real challenge which bordered on the absence of a tried and tested resolution framework that could address the concerns of the various stakeholders and maintain a positive impact on the financial system. We have come a long way since then. Presently, one can confidently say that strong supportive legal frameworks and policies have been established to respond expeditiously to the occurrence of any such event in the future. That was the head of the Bank of Ghana's Resolution Office, Elliot Edu Amwakon. The Council for Scientific and Industrial Research says it remains open to collaborating with the private sector in growing the country's green economy. Research scientist at the Council, Dr. Portia Adade-Williams, further added that the contributions of SMEs to building a green economy should not be underestimated as they are the very core of ensuring environmental stability. She was speaking on the sidelines of a stakeholder discussion on how to address the plastic waste menace in the country, an initiative by Blue Skies Limited University of Northampton to find circular economic solutions to plastics. 
I think SMEs, one thing government can do more is creating that enabling environment for the SMEs. Do we have a business model as a country for plastic? And how can we bring the private sector more on board? If they want to set up businesses, how can we create that enabling environment? How can we lose in some of these things for these SMEs to also come on board? And when you talk about the SMEs, we have the waste pickers association, those who do it on more small scale. We have those who are into the recycling and all that. And I think those are very key. And when you talk about where I'm coming from too, then we are talking about the R&D. We have a number of projects that we are enrolling, but it's always more on the pilot um, scale. So we can have the private sector now come on board to collaborate with us. And so we come and collaborate on that to, to make sure that we can now have it more on a larger scale. Most of these, we have a, a project on converting waste to energy, and that is more on municipal solid waste, which contains plastic. Dr. Porsche Adade Williams is a research scientist at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. On the occasion of Ghana's 66th Independence Day anniversary, the Ghana Chamber of Agribusiness is calling on the government to enhance its efforts to ensure food security in the country. Despite initiatives such as planting for food and jobs program, food supply continues to be a problem across the country. In an interview, City Business News Chamber CEO Anthony Morrison emphasized that Ghana's food security situation has worsened in recent years and that greater commitment is necessary to change the trend. If the soil in which these plants and crops are being cultivated... Celebrating an Independence Day, a day that Ghana is supposed to be independent economically and also in terms of food security as a country. We, the assumption is that we'll begin to take control of the food we eat. This is not withstanding of the fact that there is no country that is food uh, in the world, but as a country where we spend close to a third of our GDP on food importation and also looking at the fact that we still got a long way to go in terms of positioning agriculture to the ladder. I don't think that we have done much in independence. Probably uh, 10 or 20 years after independence, uh, agriculture was better than we are experiencing it today. And uh, for me, it's about leadership for the country's resources. Uh, this is where we are coming to as a country. There is a need to look at all the parameters, stop, do a proper stop taking and look at some critical market. That gives us a better comparative advantage for which we can drive our economic transformation, especially on agriculture. That was the CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Agribusiness, Anthony Morrison. And that's it for City Business News and Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajaho. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Keys. What could be simpler than a key? Who doesn't have a key? A car key, an office key, a drawer key. But there's one key that rules them all. The house key. The key to a place we call home. The key to the home where everything comes together. The key to a home that is our own. A home where we make life happen with our families and loved ones. Adoha has been working hard for over 30 years to make home ownership within reach for many. Say yes to property with Adoha. Your dream home is one call away. Your dream home is a few clicks away. Visit our Accra project, The Place, by calling 030 
let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. CTFM This is Eyewitness News Time now for Point Blank Tonight, President Ekufado says Despite the current economic challenges Government has ensured the supply of basic commodities needed in the country Nani Ekufado says Ghana has seen a constant supply of fuel For both commercial and industrial use Compared to other countries within the sub-region Speaking at this year's Independence Day celebration in Adaklo in the Volta region, Nane Kufado said government will do all it can to mitigate the plight of the people. I must first of all welcome our special guest of honor, the President of the Republic of Guinea-Bissau and current chair of the Authority of Heads of State and Government of the Economic Community of West African States. ECOWAS, His Excellency Umaru Sisoko Imbalu, and other members of his delegation to Ho, capital of the Volta region, and to Adaklu, the venue for this ceremony. Senor Presidente Ibemvindo, Augana. Ghana is proud of the strong ties of cooperation and friendship that exists between our two countries. And I'm also happy that President Mbalo succeeded me as chairperson of the Authority of Heads of State and Government of ECOWAS. It is my hope that our two nations will continue to work together to build a sustainable future of progress and prosperity for our respective countries and populations and to maintain healthy relations between our two nations. Excellency, share this special day with us. Even though you have been to our country on many occasions, your stay has largely been in Accra, our nation's capital. Today, you are in Adaklu, and I dare say, in one of the most beautiful and most serene parts of our country. And you are amongst the people who pride themselves on their sense of hospitality. I hope that by the end of the visit, you will agree with this claim. I extend the appreciation of the nation to the children from all across the nation who took part in the march, and I commend the cultural groups for their spectacular performances, which exemplify the greatest aspects of Ghanaian culture. It is always a delight also to watch personnel from our security services on parade putting out spectacular drills. This year's parade and display of drills are no exception and have become eagerly awaited aspects of our Independence Day celebration. Kudos to all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of Ghana that has produced arguably the nation's two greatest composers, Ephraim Amu, composer of that great anthem, Mia 
Dinigba Lolololola. Yes, I see me. Who taught us to take pride in our culture. And Philip Baho, composer of Ghana's vibrant and much loved national anthem. Daniel Chapman Naho, one of Ghana's most eminent administrators, who at independence helped ensure a seamless transition when the British left. The Reverend Ameto Wabla, that powerful orator who proved you could, both, you could be both a priest and a politician. And Esther Oklu, May Inkulenu, trailblazer and industrialist extraordinaire whose entrepreneurial spirit lives on. This is the part of Ghana that also gave us Komla Agbelik Bedeman, Ghana's first minister for finance and one of the founding fathers of our nation. And the charismatic Jerry John Rawlins, first president of the Fourth Republic and Ghana's longest serving head of state. The greatest achievement of our independence is the fact that we have welded different ethnic entities into one nation. Although the Gold Coast was the precursor to our independent Ghana, it was a collation, a collection of disparate groups. It was the attainment of independence that gave us our common identity as Ghanaians. An important historical fact is that of all the different peoples that have formed our modern nation, it was only the people of the Volta, Oti, and parts of the current northern regions who had the unique opportunity to choose to join the territory that became Ghana at independence. I'm referring, of course, to the 1956 plebiscite in which on May 9th of that year, the people of the then British Togoland voted to join the Gold Coast on the attainment of her independence a year ago. Without that significant historical event, we would not have Ghana as we know it today. Today, we celebrate the anniversary of the day we achieved the enviable status of becoming the first country in sub-Saharan Africa to be free of colonial rule. And with this came the weighty obligation to serve permanently as a barometer of the continent's progress. 66 years down the line, we have worked hard to live up to this responsibility, even though we acknowledge that we have not fully realized our potential and the dreams and aspirations of our forebears who fought for the independent Ghana we have today. For well over a century, our forebears fought to liberate our nation from the chains of colonialism and imperialism. The several wars fought against the British by the Ashanti, the last of which featured the celebrated Yas Antoa. The successful mobilization of public opinion by the Aborigines Rights Protection Society, whose leading spirits were Jacob Say, Joseph Casey Hayford, John Mensah Saba, Kwabnesichi, against the sequestration of our lands by the British. The formation in 1947 of the nation's first political party, the United Gold Coast Convention, UGCC of Blessed Memory. The triggering of mass resistance by Nikwabnaboni, the boycott Hine, through the boycott of goods of European traders.
the riots that consumed the nation following the senseless shootings of unarmed ex-servicemen at the Christiansborg Crossroads on 28 February 1948 and the killings of Sergeant Dajete Corporal Atipo and Private Odate Lamte, which enraged and sparked riots across the country. The subsequent arrest of the UGCC leaders who have gone down in history as the legendary Big Six, J.B. Dankwa, Emmanuel Obechebi Lamte, Edward Akufuado, Ebenezer Akwaje, William Uforiata, and Kwame Nkrumah, by the colonial authorities who held them responsible for the disturbances. The establishment of the Watson Commission, which helped design the path towards independence in 1957, and the formation in 1949 of the Convention's People Party by Kwame Nkrumah, together with K.A. Benjamin Kujobutsu, who thereafter became the principal organ for the prosecution of the nationalist agenda. Our forebears were united and strengthened in realizing one common purpose, the attainment of independence. It did not matter where they came from. It did not matter which tribe they belonged to. It, not, it did not matter which religious persuasion they subscribed to. And their standing in society certainly did not matter. They recognized the fact that colonialism did not inure to our nation's collective benefit, and they were determined to end it, and indeed, they did. On that historic night of 6 March 1957, after decades of agitation by the pioneers and members of the nationalist movement, Kwame Nkrumah, our nation's first leader, made the momentous proclamation of Ghanaian independence at the old polo grounds in Accra, which we celebrate with joy each year. The theme for this year's celebration, our unity, our strength, our purpose, should imbue in us the constant desire to seek for the progress, prosperity, and development of Ghana, no matter the circumstances confronting us. The Fourth Republic represents the longest period of stable constitutional governance in our history. We should be united in the goal of protecting it, for it is only its free democratic form of governance and the intelligent management of the economy that will bring the upliftment the Ghanaians want and deserve. We should continue to strive to ensure that no Ghanaian child is denied access to quality education, hence the groundbreaking and transformative free SHS policy. We should continue to guarantee access to affordable health care for all in every part of the country by continuously improving the national health insurance scheme, expanding health care infrastructure, and enhancing general health delivery. We should continue to work towards achieving food security and the modernization of our agriculture. We should continue to work to become a value-added industrialized economy which no longer depends on the production and export of raw materials, but on the things we make. We should continue to work to open up all parts of our country 
through the construction of roads, rail, ports and airports. We should continue to improve accountability, efficiency and transparency in the deliveries of public services. We should continue with the process of digitalization. We should continue the difficult but necessary task of ridding our environment of the menace of Galamsey. And we should continue to pay our taxes and demand that our leaders put them to good use. Above all, we should continue to guard and protect jealously the security and integrity of our nation against dangers from outside and within our borders. We cannot allow those who seek to divide us along the lines of ethnicity or religion to succeed. Let us deepen the cohesion that exists amongst us and let us wear with pride the badge of being called Ghanaian. There's no better homage we can pay to the memories of all those who fought to free us from the shackles of colonialism and imperialism than to dedicate this 66th anniversary, independence anniversary, to working even harder for the unity, strength, and purpose of our dear Ghana. Fellow Ghanaians, I'm very much aware of the current difficulties confronting our nation, and we are working hard to resolve them. But maybe we should also count our blessings in how together we are managing the difficulties. We all see the images around the world. Here in Ghana, we have not had any fuel queues. We have not suffered shortages of food and essential items or the catastrophe of Dumsum. Undoubtedly, major global developments have had a negative impact on our domestic economic performance. We have witnessed historic highs in global inflation and food prices, rising global interest rates triggered by tightening of monetary policy of central banks across several ad advanced economies to tame rising inflation, an energy crisis with crude oil prices reaching unprecedented highs at one point, at one point above $120 a barrel, the strengthening of the United States dollar against all other currencies, the tightening of global financing conditions, especially for emerging markets and developing economies, and the large-scale disruption of the global supply chain. These phenomena have manifested in Ghana in the form of the depreciation of our currency, the decline in gross international reserves, high inflation, elevated debt burden, significant fiscal stress, constrained domestic and external financing, and reduced GDP growth. It is these that have brought hardships upon our people. Government has deployed a number of fiscal interventions to help bring relief to Ghanaians, and I'm confident that sooner rather than later, we will see significant results of relief and recovery. In two days, on Wednesday 8th March, I will in the Chamber of Parliament deliver a message on the state of the nation, where I'll delve into much greater detail the entirety of the package of policies government is implementing to bring back the days of rapid growth. Fellow Ghanaians, there is one thing I want all of us to remember. And that is that when I assumed office on 7th January 2017, 
I inherited a, severe, a severely challenged economy whose rate of growth at the time was the lowest in over two decades. By dint of hard work, prudence and creativity, we managed to turn things around, creating an economy which for the years 2017, 2018 and 2019, the years before the onset of COVID-19, was amongst the fastest growing economies not only in Africa but also in the world recording an annual GDP growth rate of 7%. We were the best place to do business in West Africa, and in 2021, we were described as the most attractive destination for investment in West Africa. The next 22 months of my mandate will be focused on restoring the economy we had before COVID-19 and the Russian invasion of Ukraine to the period of rapid growth. It is a solemn pledge I'm making to you, my fellow Ghanaians, and one which I am determined to fulfill. Before I take my seat, I want to inform you that in fulfillment of the announcement I made at last year's Founders Day celebration, I will on Tuesday, 14th March 2023, confer national honors and citizens of our country who distinguished themselves in the fight against the pandemic of COVID-19. By their actions, they help protect and preserve our population and won global acclaim for Mother Ghana. I will also on that day express the nation's gratitude to the legal team of men and women who have charged with ensuring that the maritime boundary dispute with Ghana's immediate western neighbor, the Republic of Cote d'Ivoire, ended favorably for Ghana, thus ensuring that our Western maritime resources, including their potential oil and gas reserves, remain legitimately in our possession. I'm sure we all saw the three helicopters belonging to the police service joining this morning's celebration. It is the first time in our nation's history that the police service is employing the use of helicopters to improve its operational efficiency. The acquisition of these helicopters, the acquisition of these helicopters is to improve its, is to honor the pledge I made at the 20 end of year police wasa, and I assure the officers, men and women of the service of governments, continue support in helping them to discharge effectively their mandate. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Ghanaians, in choosing to celebrate this year's Independence Day in the Volta region, I hope it affords us all of us the opportunity to enjoy the beauty and breathtaking scenery that abounds here. This is the region that has the highest mountain in Ghana and other spectacular peaks from which to gaze at the surrounding splendor. This is the region that has, that has marvelous waterfalls and naturally occurring landscapes and historic monuments on its coast. It is a region of spellbinding and beautiful music and intricate dances. It is a region with interesting cuisine. It is a tourism destination without compare, and I, I urge all of you to explore its unique attractions. And so there you have it. 
President Nanado Danko Kufado's address at this year's Independence Day celebration in Adaklo in the Volta region. Bringing an end to today's edition of Eyewitness News or 97.3 CTFM. Live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. Show produced by Beverly Landon, Governor Wilson, and Samuel Afi. Technical support by Okla Danso. My name is Ni Lati Lati. Have a good evening. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City973.